Katie. And I'm Georgie. Coming to you with chats about all aspects of design, creativity and its influence on life. Can I get a whoop whoop? Whoop whoop. This is Creative Clinks. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Clinks. Today we are talking to the gorgeous Kylie Harbour from Heine Giraffe. I have a disclosure, the poor Georgie is sick today, so um, it's just the two of us keeping it real um, and we hope she's all okay. So I am just going to quickly say that it's really hard because when I introduce someone, I normally like it's really distinct in like what they do and who they are, but I feel like, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like with you, you're just like this, like all rounder. So I'm just going to call you like this, like all round, amazing, just designer. Your title is just going to be designer. If that's okay with you. I like that. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty multi-passionate kind of gal. (laughs) It makes perfect sense. So I'm not actually like putting you in a box where, (laughs) where it's like, this is just what you do. Yeah. I'm a creative, creative superwoman. Oh, I love this already. Okay, this is great. Now, but we do need to clarify something first because I feel like when I say Kylie from Tiny Giraffe, like where is Tiny Giraffe come from? Well, I was trying to think of a name for my business and I I was at a cafe. I was writing the list of names. When I was trying to choose a name for my business, I really wanted something that represented the spirit of travel, which is where my artworks all sort of stem from that's what the theme is behind most of my artwork so I was thinking about what was meaningful for me for travel and (laughs) one of the memories that I came back to was I was in Hong Kong in 2013 it was the last drink at the airport the celebratory last drink it's always a bit sad on the way home it is (laughs) got a cocktail (laughs) and um they brought this cocktail out to me and in my drink was this tiny giraffe. It's actually a swizzle stick, like a bright yellow yeah. uh, swizzle stick. And it was just this little head popping out of the top of my drink and he was so cute. And I said to my partner, I'm taking him home. So we called him Mr. G and he sat in the kitchen for a while and used to, I just used to talk to him while I was cooking. Um, and then eventually he moved into my studio And he would sit beside me while I would draw my artworks late at night, back when it was a passion project. So that's that's the story behind Tiny Giraffe. And do you still have Mr. G? Yes, I have him right here. (laughs) He's right on the desk next to me. (gasps) Yeah, he hasn't broken yet. Oh my god, that is amazing. (laughs) So he was your final kind of like goodbye to Hong Kong, goodbye to an amazing holiday, but also like like a birth of like he's like oh my god, he's like the birth of like a new you at the same time. If we want to be dramatic, and we want to be dramatic. Let's, let's be dramatic. Yeah, it was. It really was. I mean, Tiny Giraffe didn't start. I didn't launch it until 2016, so three years later. But he was with me during that pivotal time when I was drawing all my artworks for the, like creating creating for the first time outside of my day job. So, Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I think we need to – let's start off with finding out – how you've come to where you are now, uh, what what brought you to Tiny Giraffe. Yeah, your backstory. Yeah, so I guess the reason I started creating art was because I went on holidays. Again, see all the travel, all the travel stories. I was in on holidays in San Francisco in 2010. It, you know when you go somewhere and you just feel like 
your spirit, your soul belongs there. Like you feel yeah. like connected to the land or the people or it's like a special place. And San Fran was like that for me. And I came home determined to move there, wow. <laughs> which didn't happen. But I didn't bring anything home from my travels. And I, I thought it would be great to have an artwork of San Fran on my wall. You know, back then I didn't think I was very creative and my painting, <laughs> my painting, I didn't think was that good. And what I was good at was Adobe Illustrator because I was using Adobe Creative Suite every day for work as a landscape architect. I was drawing maps and diagrams and master plans and making brochures and reports, you name it. I was really good at Adobe Illustrator. So I decided to create my own map artwork of San Fran, very colorful. Um, I printed it on fine art paper in bright yellow and it went on my wall. And then I decided I wanted more cities. So I kept drawing. Wow. <laughs> I drew Brisbane where I live. I drew New York where I wanted to travel to. And then it just sort of grew organically. Like I I drew for many years, so that was 2010, and then I drew up until 2016 when I decided to um, start a business. Yeah. I think we might have spoken about this when we had a little chat over the phone, but, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big traveller as well. And I, I honestly awesome. – yeah, I honestly feel like – travel so like hearing you talk about how travel has influenced your life it just honestly it just speaks to my soul because that's exactly how I feel I can see I can see the smile on your face when you talk about travel and obviously (laughs) a woman of the world I like it (laughs) you can give the gift of travel to anyone I just think it's so special and what it can create from that is just obviously it's um yeah it's just never ending so I I love hearing that travel's had such an incredible influence influence on your life so far that's great impact yeah yeah impact exactly so landscape architect is that right that's what you said yes yeah yep landscape architect and then I was doing a lot of public art in my projects as well Um, okay and I realized so this so 2016 I went I started tiny draft as a little business and so back then I was living in Sydney I was selling them at the Paddington markets and Balmain markets where I lived wow and then I got into the Etsy markets and then the finders keepers markets um it just grew organically and eventually I moved back to Brisbane um where my family is and I got a pop-up shop with West Elm it just it just kept growing and um yeah, it was really good. But about a year into selling my art prints, somebody came to me and said um, they wanted something bigger. They wanted, you know, a really a really big artwork on their wall. And they were they were an office in in Sydney, and they're a real estate agent starting up their business for the first time. And he loved my Sydney artwork, and I said, sure, I can print that for you, really big. Like AO is the biggest I can print. Wow. And he said, no, we've got seven meters of wall to fill. <laughs> Wow. And so I went on a little mission asking all of my interior design friends, how would I how would I do this? And they all said, wallpaper. You should get into wallpaper. Now I'm doing a lot of fine art prints and wallpaper murals and custom patterned wallpaper. Yeah, you name it. <laughs> Being a landscape architect, did you feel like leaving that industry was it because you felt like some kind of void or like something was missing being in that compared to I guess the creative juices that you could kind of that could flow having your own business and then kind of transitioning into what you do now it just didn't I guess nourish your soul as much as you'd hoped it had yeah spot on (laughs) um you know when I got into landscape architecture (laughs) 
Um, I love landscape architecture and it's such a tight knit industry. It's such a beautiful industry of amazing people, but I just never felt like I got the chance to be as creative as I wanted to be. Mm. And, you know, there was often politics at play or budgets, um, constraints. And I mean, they still, those things still exist, but, um, I wasn't the one in charge. So I, I guess I didn't realize I had an entrepreneurial spirit and, I just kept feeling like I couldn't achieve what I was capable of. So, you know, it's interesting because as an interior designer, I actually, there was a point, I don't think I've admitted this yet on this podcast, but (laughs) there was a point where I actually kind of felt like, you know, interior design, even though it's a completely different um, industry to, I guess, architecture in a way, I just always felt like saying I was an interior designer was just like, it's just like the consolation prize, if that makes sense, because I've actually always wanted to be an architect. What do you mean? Well, there you go. I always wanted to be an architect. That's funny. I did too. Did you? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, you, like, I how, was you... studying to be an architect and then I, yeah, I decided no buildings aren't for me. Interesting. And then I... And then I wanted, and then I thought maybe engineering, that was too boring. Okay. And I was like, well, it has to be inside or outside. And okay. so I applied for um, uni and I got, I got into QT. I got into landscape architecture at QT and I got into interior design at UNSW. And I was like, which one do I choose? So I could have gone, gone either way back then. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And so, uh, yeah. What, are you going to ask me? Are you going to interview yeah. me now? <laughs> Please go ahead. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, you know what? I don't know. No, no, no. No, this is totally where we're. We can take this wherever we want to go. Um, why do I think it was a consolation prize? I don't know. Maybe it's the whole like reputation that it has compared to yeah. architecture. And I almost feel, feel like saying that I'm an architect is just like this big, flamboyant, like creative, crazy, amazing career. And it's funny because yeah. um, I have a couple of architect friends and it's really interesting to hear them say, well, you know, it's also not really probably what you, you've got this dream of what an architect is and that they do feel the same thing, yeah. that it's not as creative as they would like it to be. And there's something missing in it for them as well. Yeah, I think it goes across most professions. One hundred percent. And so I don't know. I'm one of these people that believes that the universe throws you a bone at some stage in your life (laughs) and it kind of guides you to, you know, where you're supposed to go. And maybe it was, you know, that's what it was meant to be. So. So, okay, let's go back to Tiny Giraffe. And so you've started with your, I guess, your map illustrations, and then that's grown from prints, prints to now all of a sudden you're doing seven meter spaces. Yeah. Where, where has that then taken you while it's grown over the past, um, what are we, six years, seven years? Yeah, seven years this year. Well, I suppose I started to get a bit of a reputation for doing custom things. Nearly everybody that lands in my inbox has a – there's something unique about it. I have often started to think of myself as a surface designer now, so I basically can use my artwork and designs on any finish. And Wow. It's the custom wallpaper murals that I love the most. They're the most – they're my favourite project, but – um, and that's the direction that I'm 
heading in the most at the moment. Um, so that's exciting. That's that's where I want to be. One thing, other thing that has evolved is my style. So I'm still doing a lot of beautiful line art, but it's not just maps now. It's And it's, it's beautiful because it's still all travel related. So a lot of people, when I work with them and we go through the brief briefing stage, we'll talk about their stories and their history and their memories and what their dreams are and bring them back, tie it all together to that to that theme but in a different way so I'm doing plants and flowers and buildings and they all tie back to that central theme I'd obviously something you know all depending on the size of the job it's going to take you a different amount of time to do so but like let's say for example your seven meter wall that you did like how much actual time and effort goes into something like that can you quantify a project <laughs> like that I know it's really hard to <laughs> but I mean yeah to try and put it into perspective for our listeners that's one of my biggest challenges yeah, that's one of my biggest challenges is trying to to quote something based on how how long I think it, you know, what's involved yeah. and how long it will take me. And I get that. <laughs> um, yeah. Some of my biggest cities, like I did a commission for um, a South American city last year, um, Medellin, which is a huge city, and it took me six weeks to draw, which I did not allow for <laughs> enough time for. Yeah, we're the best at ripping ourselves off, but yep. <laughs> <laughs> But you know the end result was absolutely beautiful. It was a it was a, um, a like a canvas print with a beautiful floating frame, and it had a watercolor background. It was really, I was so proud of it when it was done. Um, I guess some of the work that I do is using um, maps I've already drawn. So if somebody comes to me and they want a Brisbane map, I've already you know I've already drawn different parts of different cities. So sometimes yeah. I'm not starting completely from scratch. So you said something when you were talking about when you were in Hong Kong, I guess, before this whole um, tiny giraffe uh, business started. You said you didn't think of yourself as as a creative. Do you feel, this is actually something that Georgie and I talk about all the time, do you feel that their like creativity then is something that you learnt or do you feel it's something, like you actually put the time and effort into it to say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to learn creativity. Mm. Or did you realise that deep down you always had that, but it just never had the opportunity to, uh, let's just say, blossom um, for you to kind of explore that side of you that now you do? Yeah, definitely the second one. I was always Mm. creative. I just didn't I didn't know it. I mean, just to I mean, to be a landscape architect is to be creative. I don't you know, the putting together a plant palette and a design is just as and the layering and the yeah. textures and the colors of the plants is is quite similar to the yeah. texturing and the layers and the colors of an artwork um you know when I think back about my childhood I spent the majority of my time in my bedroom locked away <laughs> drawing and coloring really and my family wanted to watch movies with me and I didn't <laughs> want to spend time with them I just wanted to draw so I, I suppose I didn't give myself permission to have that title that that label of that yeah Yeah. and I think too um it's interesting because sometimes that label is like people just take it as it's just airy fairy you know it's not actually yeah it's not it's not taken seriously and can be actually quite difficult to even admit that 
using the word when you say I'm a creative like people just sometimes go oh god here we go here's another one it's unfortunately (laughs) it's got that until you talk to any other creatives um, and we all share that same I guess the same struggles yeah I guess the same mental roller coaster that we all go through regardless of what creative industry we're in and unless you're in within that kind of little bubble that creative bubble people I feel don't really understand that may not understand yeah definitely exactly yeah it's funny I feel like now that I've allowed myself to 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 feel creative and to you know, because I am creative, I see creativity in everybody now. Mm, yeah. And I see it in people that don't feel it either and they don't believe they have it. And I just feel like it's, it, there's creativity in all of us. It's just, it's just dormant and the ways that it presents are different. 100%. If that makes sense. <laughs> yes, because this is actually why Georgie and I started Creative Quinks. It was based around that I guess that sentence that everyone is creative, doesn't matter what industry you're in. And it's just a matter of figuring out what creativity actually means to you and ways to express it. So yeah, 100% understand that. Absolutely. So let's delve into, I know when we spoke over the phone, we were kind of, I guess, bonding a little bit over being a solo entrepreneur and trying to stay motivated when you work from home or um, (laughs) when you sit here in silence or you sit here with our own thoughts. I know that that's a huge challenge for me. How, what do you feel is your biggest challenge with, with, I guess, having um, a business where it's primarily, it's you and that's it. How do you deal with that? Yeah. Just me, just you wearing all the hats. (laughs) Just those multiple personalities you have during the day. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I didn't even know. So, I mean, you don't even know if you're wearing, if you've, if you if you've got all the right hats, like you, you don't even know if you're covering all the bases sometimes. Yes. Um, and then when you are wearing them, you don't know if you're doing them well. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I feel like in the beginning, knowing what I can let go of and what I can delegate and what I don't want to, or what I can't afford to, or what I can afford to, it's, it's a really, that's a big challenge constantly, but then also reassessing what what will drive my business forward? Definitely a challenge. And then, yes, like you said, the isolation, that is something I did not prepare myself for because I was, I've been, I was, you know, I was in a corporate office for, for 18 years before I went into Tiny Giraffe and I love what a cooler chat. <laughs> I'm really, I really love talking to people. <laughs> I just, I'm, I didn't realize I was one of those people that I love to talk to people, at, like make a cup of tea and, you know, go get coffee and go for lunch. And yeah, now I'm just me. So um, I, I am lucky in that my partner works from home. So we have each other to have little breaks with, but a big part of it for me is getting out of the house, whether that's at a cafe to do some drawing or just to grab a chai um, and (laughs) just be around people because like I feel when I'm around people I'm inspired even if I'm not part of the conversation yeah and then also meeting with clients helps and meeting with other creatives um, like yourself like these little these little bits are like highlights for me and 
Yeah, I, I feel exactly the same. I feel like um, the longer I do this, and I'm probably two years full, like a little bit more than two years full time in, into this as well. So we're probably very, very similar in our like business journey. Yeah, and. Um, I the more you talk to people, the more you realize everyone is in the same situation. And one of actually our previous guests, um, her name's Lisa, and she's a beautiful jewelry designer. And her and I have recently, she goes through the same thing, right? She sits in this, she's just recently opened up her own showroom, but she just sits in this big, beautiful showroom by herself all day and um, looking for inspiration. (laughs) And so we have now implemented every month, um, the first Monday of every month, we do breakfast together. And whether it's just there, yeah, Yeah. just there to vent or maybe to help each other with new ideas, um, whatever it is, like, I just feel like it's just needed. It is so needed. And I don't want to be, I'm not going to say like gender specific, but like, I, th- I think as females anyway, we really do need, um, we need that extra kind of touch point to be able to talk and get things off our chest that maybe like our male counterparts don't actually need. But I know that I definitely need that. Yeah. I definitely need that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just had a coffee date with a graphic designer last week because I was feeling I was I reached out to her to because I'd been admiring her work for some time and yes we spoke about all the exact same things everybody's feeling it I think do you have a creative process yourself that you feel like you stri- you you stick to strictly or do you take each I guess each client or each project as its own and just like to go with the flow. Cause I know that there are like, I mean, I've got a set of like design process. I'm like, this is my design process. And then when I look back at it, at every individual <laughs> project, I'm like, wow, I didn't really follow that the way that I've like intended to. <laughs> so one, do you yeah. have something similar or do you kind of fly by the seat of your pants as well in a creative way, but in a positive way too? <laughs> Um, that's a really good question. Um, I was listening to a podcast actually earlier today. I can't, I think it might've been a Lisa Condon one. Anyway, she, she used the, the term, um, loose, but structured. Oh. <laughs> I really like that because I was thinking, yes. yeah, that, that leaves room for flexibility and creativity and, um, grow, you know, organically and maybe mm. be better or bigger than what they were but it still follows a process so yes I do have a process and it's I it's funny I follow the same process that I worked in as, as a landscape architect which is okay you know there's a briefing stage mm-hmm. and a, a briefing and stakeholder engagement obviously I don't call them these things <laughs> that's for that's the, boring. <laughs> the boring terms but you know there's a briefing stage and then there's a concept design and then there's design development which for me is about artwork creation and then there's the installation like the the completion stage where things are being installed or printed and yeah so I do I definitely have a process that I that I follow um and I do try to have little things that I do as part of my business that I try to hit at each stage but it doesn't always happen depending on the project yeah yeah I do yeah I've had projects change right in the middle yeah when the client changes their mind and Mm -hmm. they're like no I think I want it to be this and that's fine like I'm pretty flexible like that because I just I want them to be happy with the outcome so yeah I'm always flexible but still follow the process and if that means we have to start again then that's okay so are you working on anything at the moment that is just like 
it's just fueling your soul that you absolutely there's all obviously everyone has projects where they're kind of like oh yeah it's okay but then just ones that literally just fuel your soul I've been working on a logo design for a builder. He was a fr- he's a friend of a friend and um, I knew him well enough to know that we would get along really well and he loved everything about Tiny Giraffe and he was just such a sweetheart to work with. He was so excited about every stage. He Aww. was collaborative, which is what I what I love. Like he was he spent a lot of time digging deep into his story for me to be able to create something special. So his logo is based around his childhood upbringing and it was inspired by where he lived, which is in Vancouver Island. So we did a logo design that ties all of that together, the, the quality of the work that he's doing in construction and his love for natural timbers. And so we ended up doing a beautiful, like a a pine tree logo that ties back to the Douglas fir, which is a, a a Canadian native tree there. So yeah, that, that one really ended up being a a soul fulfilling project. I love that. So you mentioned the word um, like you'd love to collaborate and is there something that I guess you think, you know, it might be this, you know, what do they call it? BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal. Oh, yeah. That some, yeah, someone or something that you're like, God, I just want to work with them. Yeah. Yeah. Who is it or what is it? (laughs) I have a running list of dream companies that I want to work for. I love this. All right, let's do it. It's called my dream 100. So I, obviously I'm not, there's not a hundred people on there, but companies I want to work for that do fashion, they do these beautiful dresses where they release these, um, you know, artist designed um, patterns. Mm-hmm. And so I've been working on my pattern library to try and get a collection of patterns together that I could present to them. Um, the other comp, one of the companies I really, really want to work with and I've, and I've already pitched to them with no success yet, but they're, <laughs> they're wonderful. There's a company in Bali, they're right in Seminyak and they do beautiful homewares. We'd really love to do, um, like designs and artworks for their textiles for their use in their homewares. So I don't know. We'll see. But the the one I one I'd really like is to get is with Milton and King. I'd really love to get a wallpaper range. Okay, with Milton and King. So that's that's I'm working on a wallpaper range now of pre-designed artworks that people can purchase without having to go, you know, go through the custom design. Yeah fruit yeah um and they're all going to be australian native plants and flowers so beautiful yes when i've got it ready i'll i'll try and hit them up but i yeah you know what if you don't have those massive dreams that are you know just like you feel it already are so exactly then like then how are you going to like strive for like to be bigger than what you already are now you know what I mean or else you're just going to always be the same I think that's amazing like would you call it you're like top 100 or something like that my dream 100 I love that (laughs) I love that well, okay, so I think then this is like this actually leads perfectly perfectly into the three questions that Georgie and I always ask our guests. So this is our new questions that we ask. And okay. yeah, so you don't know these questions unless of course you've listened to the podcast recently. But um okay, so the first one then is what is something that terrifies you that you haven't 
tried as yet, but you're very, either very, very close to wanting to do it or um, you just need that extra little push. I'm, I'm dying to do a metallic, a custom designed metallic wallpaper mural, which I don't believe anybody has done in Australia. If they, if you know of any, please let me know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I've discovered a, I've discovered a beautiful printer, like a wonderful printer there in the US and they have sent me samples of my designs in the metallic wallpaper and I am just waiting for that dream client to come along that is is willing to go there. <laughs> and but why does that terrify you? Because I nobody's done it before that I know of and Okay. Uh, I want it to work perfectly and mm-hmm. I, there's no reason why it shouldn't. I just haven't done it before. So a bit of fear of failure possibly. Yeah, like it's a very expensive material and if I get it wrong, it's going to be a very expensive Okay, failure. all right. I see where this fear is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know what? It could be like, you know where I could see something like that, like a big like grand hotel project or something like that. Hotel foyer. Yes. Right? I still want to design a hotel too. So, okay. So, we're going to have that goal together. Okay. I've decided. We're going to work together. <laughs> We are. We're going to find this like hotel developer and it's pure and like we're just going to design around this metallic wallpaper that you want to do. So, okay, that's a goal to put on your dream 100. (laughs) (sighs) Work with Barbie in an amazing hotel. Yeah, that's my goal. Oh, God. Okay. Well, I love that answer. I think that's great. All right. So question number two is what is something this year that you're going to implement either personally or professionally to help you grow? I would say personally, I am really taking a focus back to um, my mental and physical health this year because I felt like I really burnt out last year. And basically what I'm doing at the start of each day now is I'm I'm trying, not every day, it doesn't always happen, but I'm trying to prioritize my fitness, so like my health. So it's a it's a me getting out the door for a walk or to yoga or to swim. Before I look at my emails, before I do anything. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. My, that's that's my big goal. You know what? It sounds so simple, but it is so hard. <laughs> to do. I know. I know that myself. I've just kind of been going on a bit of a a similar kind of, I'm just going to say the word journey. I can't think of another word to use, but I don't like the word journey. Um, <laughs> you know, it's got this stigma around like we're on the voice yeah. or something and we, you know, <laughs> I'm going to talk to, talk to you about my journey on the voice. Um, but yeah, I've, it, it is so hard to do, um, to prioritize that. And like you said, yeah. not checking emails or checking your phone, like, oh my God, we live in this digital world where our whole yeah. life revolves around that. It is hard. There is something actually I'm going to bring up. And I did this today before I went into my proposal. It's grounding. Do you know about grounding? Tell me. Tell me about it. It sounds great. (laughs) Well, so all it's supposed to be is just taking 10 minutes a day to to either walk like a barefoot on soil or it can even be like concrete or it can also like be like the beach yeah and it might sound a little bit airy fairy for some people um 
but it's actually there is scientific evidence and like papers done um, about grounding that just like 10 minutes a day, it literally changes the cells in your body. Um, the energy yeah. in your body completely changes. And so today I had, because I went to this amazing like project location, which is across the road from the beach. And I just oh. had a, yeah, I had a little bit of time beforehand and I thought, what am I going to do? I could sit here and scroll on my phone and like look at like the latest TikTok dance craze or something like that or <laughs> or you know what I'm just going to take my shoes off and and do 10 minutes of grounding on the beach and like just feel just re-energized and like ready like you know what I feel like mentally now I'm ready to do this proposal and um yeah, I, so 10 minutes a day, that's supposedly all it is, is supposed to be really, really helpful. That's fabulous. Yeah, yeah. I kind of get what – yes, I've, I didn't know it was called grounding. Or yeah. I, I'm not sure, but I, I've i heard about this before. I had a client, Raquel, her, her name is, and her business is Infinite Succulent, and she does energy readings and all sorts of things. But she taught me how to connect to myself through, like, grounding meditations, I guess they would be. Mm -hmm. Um, and breathing exercises. So yeah, and she had me doing the same thing, standing outside on the grass in the cool in the morning, um, listening to the trees and the birds. And it's definitely a a game changer. Isn't it? And I just feel like it's just those little simplistic things. I just love that you're like, I'm just prioritizing my health because it is so hard to do. And so props to you for doing that. I think that's amazing. The other thing that I wanted to do this year that I've been doing is getting off social media a lot more and connecting in person. Yeah. So my goal this year is to just is to connect in person. And when you say connect in person, do you mean personally and professionally or just, yeah, where, where are you finding that that's actually become an issue? Rather than DMing people, I'm trying to at least text them or call them. I'm trying to have more in-person meetups and conversations with clients where possible. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think, um, we can all be especially consumed with things like social media. I just recently actually deleted my whole Facebook profile. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I'd, I hadn't been active anyway for on it for like the past, probably I'm going to say two years. I think what, I think the pandemic kind of made me go, Oh, I got to get it off this platform anyway. Um, but then only the other day I actually, I deleted every single person on my profile. And the only reason why I now have a profile is because you need it. You need to have it to have like a business account with Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. With Instagram. Exactly. But I just think it's just so unnecessary. um, Just that overstimulation of trying to see what everyone else is doing and that comparison. And it goes back to that whole imposter syndrome thing that we were just talking about. Like it's just, it's just not good for everyone. Um, it has its place, but yeah, as a as society, I feel like in general we're just so consumed by it. Yeah, it's a bit of a worry. <laughs> it's it's a big worry, especially yeah. you know, like having children and what they're growing up in these day and age with social media. I never had social media when I was a child; like it just didn't exist, you know. So, yeah, no, that's right. Mm. Okay, mm. last question. It's a bit of a fun one. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. <laughs> what is a fun fact about yourself that not many people know, but you're willing to share with our audience? Hmm. 
Mm. A fun fact. Yeah. It doesn't matter how quirky or whatever. The first thing that comes to mind is I'm not a coffee drinker. I'm a tea drinker. Oh, and I'm what? particular. I love <laughs> I love a um a chai latte, but I'm very particular about those too. I, I really like the loose leaf or the sticky chai or the wet chai. They all have different names, but definitely not, not powder and not the syrup. So, and when it's brewed beautifully, like, so this is a little ritual I do at home probably a couple of times a week. And it's just, it's probably my version of grounding. Yeah. <laughs> it's just to um, take the time to brew my tea and pour the frothy milk over it and put the cinnamon on top that's my that's my drink of choice that's probably I don't know if that's really a fun fact though is it (laughs) I think that's interesting so you're like a chai connoisseur yeah I guess so I have on my Instagram I have a little um story highlight called chai to try so you know you can you can see all the chais I've I've had around the world wow (laughs) I think that is fun and quirky. So we've had some interesting ones, but yeah, and everyone is so different that you can just never tell. So I think it's great. (laughs) Well, um, I just want to say it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. You too. I love our chats. Yeah, exactly. Like when I spoke to you over the phone, I was just like, oh my God, I just can see like us just chatting away forever about things. And so it's (laughs) been really nice to be able to bond a bit by, by doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. So share with everyone, obviously, where they can find you. Yes, so my website is www.tinygiraffe.co.co and my Instagram is at tinygiraffe.co. I've started sharing my I've started sharing my travels on YouTube for fun. Have you? That's also at tinygiraffe.co. Oh. Or Tiny Giraffe Co. Oh, wow. So I'm teaching myself videography at the oh. moment. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's another fun fact. Yeah. I, I'm trying – it's going to be a mix of, like, sharing my travels and also sharing the story – the travel stories behind my projects. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I'm, I mean, pretty slow to make videos. They don't come out very often, but I'm really loving the process of, of making them. That's amazing. That's great. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on Creative Clinks. I feel very privileged to have spoken to you. You're welcome. Sorry, I missed you, Georgie. One last thing, Kylie, I need to ask you. Can I get a whoop whoop? Whoop whoop. Woohoo! Woo! (laughs) (laughs) For now, we'll leave you with that and have a great week. Cheers.